cool hand podcast something you got to deal with welcome back to the show i am your host my name is q now i did an interview with a sister from the i was about to say the rat a sister <laughs> from chicago <laughs> and very naturally people uh might you know repost uh, showing some support for the cool hand podcast and sometimes I'll inherit, this is what I, I call them inheriting followers. So from the Yumi podcast, I believe I inherited our guest today from that episode. And the man followed me. I followed him back on the gram. <laughs> I check out his page. I said, dog be dressing. <laughs> so, so from then on, I became tuned in. Now I check out his IG story one day and I see a familiar face. I see a sister from up here on his screen. It was like the, a Zoom screen, her and her husband. I'm like, oh snap, he knows such and such. I hit the DM, I say, hey, she's she's in your congregation. Oh, she's from up here, I, yeah, I've been around. And uh, we, we got to chopping it up from there. And, and this is how uh, our guest, today and I had connected and we set something up and I'm glad to have you on. Uh, please introduce yourself. All right, my, uh, a lot of people don't actually don't know my real name. <laughs> my name, my real name is Christian Pulai, um, otherwise known as Pizo, P's underscore O on Instagram. Uh, that's me, I'm, 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 I'm Pizo. <laughs> Pizo is really in the building today i want to give it a, a, a little thing for anybody who's watching this is a very weird angle i'm going to acknowledge this angle this is very weird um in real life it is not that bright in here <laughs> but with this webcam i don't know it just makes it look like i'm in the heavens so <laughs> i switched it up real quick uh, so for everybody just just look at look at chris <laughs> this interview don't don't look at me because uh, this is very strange, but I'm not, we're here now. So a Christian Poulet, is that, am I saying that last name right? Okay, it's Poulet, Poulet. Poulet, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's all good, it's all good. The Poulet, where is that last name from? So it's actually French. Uh, my father is from Haiti. So yeah, of course, you know, the French were, they took over Haiti. So uh, a lot of the French you get you see now if you see a French name, you and the person is black, you might want to say Haiti, uh, yeah. some parts of Africa, you know, old school stuff. Gotcha. Now, do you uh do you speak any uh, Haitian Creole or Haitian? Now, is there a dialect in? Is there? Excuse my ignorance. Is there a Haitian French? Uh okay. So Creole is basically uh it's it's like broken french but it has hints of spanish in there um and it's 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 not necessarily there's i don't think there's such thing as a haitian french if if you go to haiti like they're taught french in school but pretty much people in haiti they all speak creole to each other okay um they don't really speak french to each other it's that's the learned language that they learn French, but um, and, and English as well sometimes, um, depending on the uh, 
schooling that they get to have or are able to afford. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say that, but in answer to your first question, uh, no, I do not speak Creole. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple, I used to live down there for a little bit and uh, I was in North Smyrna, North okay. Smyrna congregation. Okay. And there was a couple of sisters uh, who did uh, speak uh, Haitian Creole. And I always thought it was cool. Like you hear the, the little hints of French in there. And that's what I picked up on, took French in seventh grade. And okay. I always thought the language was cool. Even another young sister, I think she joined the like Haitian Creole group in her area. So uh, shout out, shout out to you. Shout out to uh, the, the Haitian people out there, Haitian Creole speaking people as well. Those who dibble and dabble in the language. Now. <clears throat> I want to know all about you today and all about the creative things that you do. If people are watching on YouTube today, you can see the clothes in the background. You can see the shoe boxes. You see the flyness on our guest today. And uh, that's what we're going to get all into it. So let's talk about your upbringing first. We have a little piece of your uh, of who you are right now, but uh, where are you from? So I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, um, borough. Technically, we call we. I, tech, I I used to say that you know I'm from Brownsville. That's kind of a rough part. You mentioned Brownsville, they think, oh, you, you in the hood, and it is the hood, yeah. yeah. But I'm like literally one street over from uh, I think Flatbush, so <laughs> it's like I'm like right on the border of <laughs> uh, Brownsville, which I believe. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm originally from. Um, but I moved to Georgia when I was 10 years old. So yeah, that's where I'm originally from. Okay, so Brownsville, I've heard of Brownsville just because <clears throat> if you listen to hip hop, you listen to people like Nas, you might hear Brownsville. Yeah. You, <clears throat> I know the battle rapper, Math Hoffa, he's from Brooklyn. Um, Brownsville, John Wall, there was this infamous video of John Wall banging blood, and he was apparently in Brownsville, New York. It was, <clears throat> it was an infamous video. I thought it was like hilarious. I'm like, you got John Wall up here in the hood banging. <clears throat> but, um, and then you say Flatbush, I, people might know Flatbush zombies and uh, a lot of culture <clears throat> over in New York. I'm sorry, I'm choking on this smoothie. But <clears throat> so you moved to Atlanta when you were 10. What was life like from everything you remember growing up in, in New York? Uh, New York, man, to be honest, the memories that I have there, the, like the positive ones are just my family all being there. Um, my grandma owns an uh, apartment complex and that's where we lived for a long time, but with my parents um, separating for a little, me and my mom, my brother, and my sister, we moved to Canarsie when I was around seven, and we we all stayed there for a couple of years. And then from there, um, my dad asked my mom, "Hey, do you want to start over in Georgia?" And that's how we ended up here. Um, as far as memories, I just remember school and my and my cousins and my grandmother. Other than that, my mom kept us in the house. She kept us in the house. So I didn't really see too much outside the block. 
and the little pizza shop on Church Avenue, the toy store on Church Avenue. That's that's pretty much as far as my memory goes, because it was just school and my mom did not play about us. So she she kept us inside. <laughs> that, that's understandable. If she want to keep you out of trouble, keep you out the streets, yeah. then you're a young boy anyway. Like when right. you're uh, 10 years old, what, third or fourth grade, something like that. <clears throat> So in the transition to Georgia, uh, so you've been there ever since. <clears throat> so what was life like uh, from 10 years old on in your childhood growing up in Atlanta, Georgia? Oh, man, it was rough, man. Uh, coming here from New York, like I, I wasn't really outside like that, but I've been bullied a little bit growing up. I was real small, real skinny. Still am, still am skinny or whatever. Um, when I moved here, everybody was so nice. And I wasn't used to that. I, in fact, you know, people, you know, we walk on the street, people waving, hey, good morning. I'm like, what? Like, you want something from me? You, you, you square up, you're like, what's, like, what's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't understand it for a long time. And uh, I didn't have many friends either. Um, I kind of just, it took me a couple of years to assimilate to the culture down here. It's a lot slower, it's quiet. You don't hear gunshots at night. You don't hear the police running through the neighborhood. You don't hear the neighbors fighting. It was, it was a lot to get used to, but it was nice because I had my own room and uh, I, I was just, it felt a little bit more free here. Um, in the sense that there was more space. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the, the transition was tough, um, but I had one friend from the time I was around 10 years old and he used to come over, I used to go over there, his mom used to take care of me, we used to cook him food, stuff like that. And then from there, middle school, um, I was kind of, I, I had, two friends and it was Froyland and Keanu they really and also I'm, I'm sorry if I ramble a little bit I kind of please, <laughs> please ramble <laughs> um yeah middle school I didn't really have any friends transferring from my elementary school like they all went to different schools so um yeah I met Froyland and Keanu and we were really cool um and at the time, we we weren't going to the Kingdom Hall for a little bit, like when we transferred here, because we didn't have a car or anything like that. And um, so I became friends with them. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily the popular kid. Everybody looked at me kind of weird. I dressed a little weird to them, a little funny. I was wearing like jean jackets with a hoodie, and people weren't doing it at that time like sixth and seventh grade type thing mm -hmm. um and I was like straight a student type kid um and here's where we get a little bit into my artistry this is really where it started I played it I played violin in orchestra um sixth through eighth grade I was I was pretty okay I was pretty okay second chair second chair third chair um and from there uh I kind of realize hey I, I love I like music and um 
So I stuck to that, took that into high school. Um, I wasn't necessarily popular in high school either. Um, kind of that weird old kid, uh, not necessarily quiet, but not loud either. And I love music. I actually got into production a little bit in middle school, watching the old Soldier Boy <laughs> Fruity Loops videos. <laughs> That's how I got into it. Actually, He was the first rapper to get you in the <laughs> production. Yes, I have so much respect for that, man. He, he, he that's that's where it started and I was like and not only that but I viewed music as a way for me to gain friends like that's I did, I was very I'm not gonna say I was too socially awkward but I was I was um and that helped that helped me as an avenue for me to show hey I make music like I make beats you know um took that to high school did orchestra in high school a little bit of guitar um not necessarily straight A's in high school A's and B's Real chill. It wasn't until after um, I started going to college, my 12th grade year, I did dual enrollment that I actually started blooming into my, I guess you could say, fashion artistry type stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about, um, I guess, the evolution when I got here. Yeah. Got you. Thank you. So... <laughs> You said some things that I want to uh, kind of focus on here, because as a young person, and times are different now, these these new kids, that's what I call them, I call them new kids. These yeah. new kids have it, a, I'm not going to say easier, but when it comes to acceptance, hmm. they have it, I'm going to say a little easier, I'm going to be PC and say a little easier, yeah. but compared to what you and I, I don't know how old you are, but we're probably around the same age. I'm 27. So 20s. <clears throat> when I when I hear you talk about your fashion sense and being a skinny kid, you could get roasted for anything. Oh yeah. You could get you could get fried for anything. I got big teeth. They they lit me up for that. <laughs> so um, how did you kind of navigate your way being kind of an outcast uh, how was it like trying to navigate your way through your youth being different and kind of like standing tall on who you are oh man so I'll say this um culturally I was never really um I won't say I, I wasn't really aware of what was going on because of the way my mother raised us. So I like I didn't start listening to rap music till I got to eighth grade. And you know, around that time it was Lil Wayne and uh Drake and stuff like that. Oh, this is fire. Even though my mom was like, yeah, you, she didn't know. She didn't know. Mm -hmm. Back in the back in the PSP days when you had to <laughs> download the free MP3s and all that blah. Um so how, the question is, how did I navigate? So I had very low self-esteem. Um, kind of funny, it goes back to the watchtower. I compared myself to a lot of people. Um, and so I started, I realized that I was different when people would, some people would make fun of the way I dressed and some people would 
love it. Like during that time period in my life, I was wearing like cashmere sweaters and uh, H&M pants. I was back when H&M was really, really cool. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would wear suits to school um, and blazers and stuff like that. I I started to embrace the fact that I didn't have to be like everybody else, but at the same time, I wasn't necessarily confident in it. I, so it's kind of weird, but I'll say this, like I, I started to observe Kanye around that point in time. I didn't necessarily listen to his music, which is kind of crazy, but I saw the way that he portrayed himself and I was like, yo, like, how can a guy like him who looks, and when I say looks like me, black, be so confident in himself to the point where, like, everybody thinks he's, you see that you love him or you hate him, you know? I always saw that and I was like, man, I wish I could be like that and not care about what people say about me or uh, I wish, like, I, I wanted to be like that. And so for a long time, I, I, I would push the envelope and be different from, I try to be different from everybody else on purpose to kind of like aspire to be like the way that Kanye was. And so I wasn't necessarily confident, but I was like, listen, if, if, I, if I give off the energy that I am, then I am. And I, of course I was fooling myself, but in a sense, it push it just pushed me to like I, I don't have to be like everybody else you know what i'm saying yeah. so that for a long time helped me to kind of ward off now don't get me wrong i was i was depressed i was sad i was i i didn't think i was what people told me i was or anything i i but i will say that looking at people like Kanye who just have this I was like man I got to be like that one day one day I'm going to be like that so that that's really what helped me to navigate yeah shout out to Kanye absolutely I know he listens to my podcast a lot um (laughs) I got all sorts of famous friends but no yeah Kanye West is huge inspiration to a lot of people in many different ways. It's nice to hear, you know, specifically musically to a lot of people. And then in the fashion game as well, Kanye was always different. He came in with the polos and Louis and, and backpacks, backpacks and polos. A lot of the things that H&M ended up copying came from Kanye West style. Um, yeah. he's, like uh, I think about the Chelsea boots era, Chelsea boots, and I, I still love Chelsea boots to this day, but wasn't no black folks wearing no Chelsea boots until <laughs> Kanye came around. You seen, yeah. this is, you know, this is facts. <laughs> I, know, so I, know, I know. Chelsea boots came around. He was rocking them. And of course, his were a lot more expensive. So the trend starts to come around. It's hitting the streets. It's hitting the internet streets. It's hitting the forums. It's hitting New York uh, more those popular places then it trickles down into the everyday culture h&m selling them forever 21 selling them aldo asos or asos however you want to say it a lot of (laughs) every a lot of trends and a lot of things that they that people wear is attributed to 
that man Kanye West. So, uh, and that's not a that's not a bad role model when it comes to fashion. He he doesn't have some nutty things that he put out, but he also knows what he's doing with the fashion. So, Absolutely. thank you for sharing that. Now, <clears throat> you talked about some of the creative things, and one of them was the music. You, what else were you listening to up until you started getting into the hip hop scene? Oh man, uh, basically what my mom was listening to, like, you know, back when uh, VH1 and MTV were what they were and they played the music videos in the morning, it wasn't necessarily rap, you know, it was all American rejects. It was uh, Evanescence, it was, uh Daughtry stuff like that like so I would say like alternative not necessarily country um but just like a lot of rock music stuff like that and early on it was like Backstreet Boys like that's what my mom was into mm -hmm. so we listened to whatever she listened to she had the CDs lying around we had our little CD players still and we would play that old like we all three of us me and my brother and my sister we all have different tastes now but yeah. back then we listened to what my mom listened to simple plan like that kind of stuff so up until like i said eighth grade that's that was my world cold play um not just like the mainstream songs like all that stuff mm -hmm. um that that was where i started so yeah and, and then playing the music as well, um, it's interesting. Violin, we have a little bit of guitar. And <clears throat> you recently put out a beat tape. And also what I want to touch on is there was a couple freestyles when we first kind of linked up through the DMs, just chopping it up real quick. And you mentioned you had a couple joints uh, a little earlier on your page. So I, I checked them both out. So uh, let's let's talk about the let's talk about the rapping first, because yeah. rapping isn't anything you just pick up overnight and you're nice at. So yeah. at what point did you start messing around with lyrics? So this was around the time where I was making beats and people were trying to buy beats off of me but I didn't necessarily want to sell it to them. I, I felt like they were gonna mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I was very, although I'm, I wasn't necessarily going through the most um, horrible things, I wanted to start expressing myself. So I got a mic and everything that I was rapping about early on, like was stuff that actually was going on with me there are no fake anything I may have mentioned a little diamond wrist chain or something something, something like that that that's fake but <laughs> as far as the content it's all real stories um and so it was kind of like just a means of expression for me I never was trying to like oh be, be a rap or anything it was just like I had a mic I make beats Oh, I I was expressing myself, so that's that's kind of where it started. And I started around 
maybe 15, 16. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's where I started. Some people thought I was trying to get big or something. I don't know. I, I was just expressing myself. I don't think I'm necessarily the best or even good. I It's just when I go back and listen to that stuff, I relive what was going on. I, I remember what was happening during that time. It gives me like goosebumps thinking about it. Like when I listen to it, I'm like, man, I was so sad <laughs> you know so yeah that was that was pretty much the premise of me doing like the rap stuff back then yeah got you I, yeah I like to hear that that you that you did something you just picked something up to help express yourself uh, yeah now in conjunction with the rapping you mentioned that you it started from you making the beats and people were trying to cough the beats off you and a little earlier you talked about you got into the production, watching Soldier Boy Fruity Loops videos uh, in middle school. And did you start really taking, really messing with the production when you hit high school? No, I actually started, I started in middle school. So okay. like, um, I remember hearing a lot of um, rap music during that time, like eighth grade. And I was like, yo, I could do this. A lot, of, a lot of the beats back then were very simplistic. They were not uh, as intricate as they are now. And now actually they're moving towards simpler kind of beats. But I was like, dude, I could do that. And I actually wanted to like compose my own sheet music. Fruity Loops actually has like a function where you can do that. Hmm. And I wanted to learn how to, well, just basically make my own sheet music and, you know, maybe one day have the class play whatever I need, you know? So that was the, that was something that I little, dabbled in a little bit, but um, yeah, so. Okay, now how did that, how was that journey? How was that experience in producing? Because once again, just like rapping, you just can't pick that up overnight. So in middle school, were you using Fruity Loops? Yeah. Uh, that's the hype. That's what I use to this day. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the interface is so simple. Um, and I would say learning how to read sheet music um, and playing the violin, understanding a little bit about music theory at the time helped me immensely. If I didn't have that, it would be a lot tougher for me to it would have been a lot tougher for me to do what I was doing as far as production um with Fruity Loops but I'll, I'll just say this anybody can use Fruity Loops man it's easy I'm telling you <laughs> if that's what you think <laughs> I had a bootleg because you said anybody so I had a bootleg Fruity Loops back on uh -huh. one of my old laptops and I could not figure that thing out I don't even mess with it really that's, I don't mess with it that's not for me that just goes to show that it's not for me so you have to have the the eye you have to have the the musical taste to mess around with these uh these uh dolls these production interfaces so <clears throat> what was the journey like with the beat making uh up until the point that you were confident enough to put out music to the public so <clears throat> I was just every day after school, I'd come home, 
had me a little HP, huge 17-inch. I came home, slapped it on the desk, and I just started making beats. Or I listened to, I would listen to, like, rap music back then. Like, I would say, believe it or not, this was a big one. Like, fan of a fan, Chris Brown and Tiger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I would listen to that stuff, and I would, I would kind of, like, emulate it. And I was like, yo, I really, like, so I was just doing it every day, practicing every day. And um, so when we had like friends over, brothers and sisters, um, little gatherings and stuff like that, I would show them. I'm like, yo, like I'm working on this beat. Like, can you tell me what you tell me what you think? So um, I would show it to them. They'd be like, oh, this is this is nice. And of course, they're gonna say that because the age that I was and. A lot of people, a lot of kids weren't, at least around here, I didn't know any that were doing it too. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'm actually okay at it, you know? And then I found SoundCloud and I just started dropping stuff on SoundCloud. So um, a lot of that stuff is not, well, some of it is still there, but um, yeah. So that was, that was like, that was my introduction to like dropping music and stuff like that. I just showed it to people that came by the house. I was like, oh, I, I might be pretty okay at this. Show it to my parents. They liked it a little bit. Not so much my mom, because you know, rap <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was what it was like. And I enjoyed it very much. Now, a couple, maybe a, a couple months ago or so, or within the past couple months, you dropped the criminal beat tape and uh listen to it uh it's very very well done in my opinion now what was the oh sure when what was the the motive the intentions the what was the subject of the criminal beat tape you would imagine it had to be do with being a criminal you get pulled over at a certain point in the in the in the project so can you talk about the criminal beat tape so here i'm actually just telling a story um so essentially i don't know if you saw i actually did a, like a little video as a precursor to um the project to kind of show somebody in their daily routine and really it's my daily routine um not really daily but every once in a while shaving my head and getting dressed picking shoes blah blah, blah and i leave and then it goes into the beat tape so <clears throat> I just wanted to kind of tell a story. So through the titles, you can kind of see as it progresses along, like emotionally, what you would feel from the point of, you know, headed out somewhere, doing something, you get pulled over, you get arrested. And, and the, I let the music kind of tell the story through, you can see from the title, you can get a hint from the title and then you listen to it. And it, I wanted it to kind of be like an experience, but I will say that um, because right now, <laughs> it's funny actually, I don't have the full version of FL. So a lot of those beats are unfinished. <laughs> Because I can't save if I don't have the actual FL. Yeah. Let's let's just say Apple security is a little bit better now. I can't. Uh, I shouldn't be promoting this, but <laughs> with FL, I was using the cracked version for 
because I wasn't going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it it, it kind of just, it kind of, in, in a way, it reflected part of like a part of my life where I felt um, almost inadequate for a long time. Um, and that kind of goes back to being a criminal. It can, it's something that can hold you back. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of like tell, this is one of those instances where I'm actually trying to tell a story. Um, and so, yeah, as you listen to it, you kind of, you'll feel almost the emotions of what somebody would go through as if the, as if you were a criminal, kind of. That's what I was going for. It might sound a little spotty, um, especially because of my situation with FL right now. So some of it is unfinished mm -hmm. because, and I wasn't able to redo it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was what I it was what I could do with what I had. So yeah, criminal beat tape. It's on SoundCloud now. Segwaying into another another aspect of your creativity is the drip oh boy now check it out right quick Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> now you got you got all sorts of people spending big dollars big money you got these new kids these young kids spending their daddy and mommy's credit card on all sorts of exclusive drops and this and that now i done seen you on the gram getting all sorts of pickups thrifted yeah. now can you talk about the thrift game because I, I don't know too many people who are doing it like you in the thrift game so uh please explain what you do <laughs> what you do just tell me what you do in this thrift market okay so i literally just found this out the other day but atlanta is like the second best city in the united states to thrift mm. i didn't know that but it makes sense to me now of course so I started thrifting around the time that I got a car. So I was 17. I will say this. My grandma low-key put me on when she lived here for a little bit. She was shopping at Goodwill. And I was like, yo, what? And then my boy Keanu, the one who I mentioned from middle school, we kept in contact. And um, he was doing it heavy. And he put me on. So I was like, wait, I could find like fire stuff in here. Mm -hmm. So of course, I just got my car. I'm 17 college i'm trying to get fresh you know what i'm saying um i start thrifting and i start finding all this awesome stuff and i'm like yo this is it and i don't have to go to the mall i don't have to go spend all this money that's how i got into it I, it's 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 slick an addiction like finding nice stuff for really yeah. cheap and uh to this day I, I still do it so yeah okay so that started in college now you're pitching thrifts, right? Are you, you're selling, you're getting, um, are you making money off of the thrift game? Yeah, uh, just, just a tiny bit though. I'm, I have a big heart when it comes to thrifting. I'm like, at the end of the day, thrifting necessarily isn't meant for us to, to me. It's, it's for less fortunate people who you know don't have as much money to go shop at the mall and stuff that's that's how i view it mm -hmm. and so if i find something nice 
and I wouldn't necessarily wear it or I don't need it, I put it on my thrift page, but I don't sell it for much. Like, especially if it's a friend of mine, somebody that I know, hey man, you want this? Eh, give me 15 bucks, give me 20 bucks. I spent $10 on it, spent $7 on it. So I'm not making no crazy money or anything. As far as, if you look at it statistically, numerically, that's a good profit. But um, I'm not asking anywhere near market price for stuff. Um, I look at it as a way to help people find dope stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I like, I'm more for the people than for the resale. I, I hate resale. <laughs> so. it's, it's a messed up game. It yeah. is a messed up game. <laughs> What's your thrift page for, uh, for people who may not know you and they, they just want to, they want to find something nice that they just can't find. They might live in Idaho and they just don't got it out there like that with the thrift game. So uh, what's your thrift page called? So it's Pezos Thrift, P-E-E-Z-O-S Thrift altogether. No uh, underscore anything like that. Pezos Thrift. And I try to post as often as I can, but I'm going to be real with you. I'll be hoarding a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when I post, put, put the post notifications on because the stuff goes pretty fast. So yeah. <laughs> Pizos Thrift. I'll put that up on the screen in, in post-production. So <laughs> with, with the thrift and the thrift game, and you like to find dope stuff, you like to share the wealth, you, you might find something dope that you can't even rock or that too big too small whatever and you share the wealth <clears throat> when it comes to the fashion game itself we spoke on it a little earlier you were always you always had your own thing and you looked to kanye west with the confidence and his style and everything uh, talk about the fashion game and how you use fashion as a creativity and how your style expresses who you are okay so i a lot of like growing up like everybody else my parents trust me and honestly seeing what other kids were wearing like jordans and stuff like that i was jealous because my parents would not go spend that money for me like we couldn't we couldn't afford it it's facts <laughs> yeah so I seeing all that it, it and then my mom we we going to Burlington they picking up the yo I had the <laughs> I had the FUBU Air Force ones <laughs> <laughs> yo I had the the we I call them the polo assassins y'all know me. <laughs> the polo assassins uh-huh right? <laughs> You know, um, I, seeing all that and, you know, some people, but, but the way that I did it, like I, like I had a cashmere sweater on, like cashmere sweaters are not cheap. My parents got that from me. That's stuff I could wear to the Kingdom Hall and stuff like that. So, you know, dress shirts, H&M pants with the polo assassins on, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um yeah, so that's that's kind of like where I started. Now I'm I'm sorry I'm I, I am rambling a little bit. I'm gonna need you to ask the question one more time to make sure that I answer. <laughs> it's all good because you you're speaking to a lot of different people right now because 
especially if it, it is what it is. If your parents didn't have it like that, right. I just want to chime in and say it wasn't like that for me either. Like, single parent household. We didn't have no forces. We ain't have no Jordans. I had a couple bros. Uh, they would give us their like hand-me-down Jordans or forces. My first pair of forces were hand-me-downs with, with hand-me-down white pair of forces with some black Oof. laces. And so, yeah, like, dude, when I first, when I got my first job, when I started making some bread, I got me yeah. a, a fresh pair of white forces. Okay. Okay. Uh, when I was working at Kroger down there in Georgia, got me some Air Max 95s. They, I love them okay. Air Max 95s to this day. I no longer have them, okay. but like, I know, I know that feeling. I remember a man had some Barclays in sixth grade. They was five. Couldn't, my mom couldn't buy me no Barclays. Come on now. So like, like I know the Burlington, the, all that. I know, I, I know the feeling. So, but the question was, okay. I got my emotions into it. One more time. But the question was, uh, to talk about your fashion and how your fashion sense expresses who you are. Okay. So, yeah. A lot of times my parents were buying that stuff for me and I just had to wear it. And so I just took it to the extreme. I started wearing suits and stuff, blazers with it. And of course, back then, you know, everybody's wearing the Jordans, like they're wearing the casual stuff and they see me, but they were like, oh man, like a lot of the guys didn't know how to tie ties at school. Like, so when they see, when they see it, they were like, wow, like this kid, blah, blah, blah. so <clears throat> how, so when I started going to college, um, doing dual enrollment, I was wearing suits same way and like it got me, it got me places. It got me my first job just wearing a suit um, to the mall. Um, and so eventually when I started thrifting, I started seeing pieces that um, number one, I could afford and pieces that were reminiscent of my father um, when, when we were growing up. Like I used to see my dad rock the FUBU. I used to see my dad rock the Sean John and the baggy clothes and hats and stuff like that. That's another thing. My mom would not let me wear hats growing up because she viewed it as hoodlum attire. <laughs> so I got older and I'll, and I'll never forget it. My cousin gave me my first snapback. He lived in New York. He came and visited here. And I wore that thing to death and somebody stole it from me. Uh, stole it from my desk during lunch I was devastated but so anyways when I started thrifting I started realizing like I started seeing the stuff that my dad used to wear kind of and I'm because I never really got to dress like my dad because my mom's like yeah no this is not gonna work I was able to choose at that point and a lot of the stuff that I wear, like I look at old pics of my father and I was like, yo, my dad was so fresh, you know, like, mm -hmm. and that's where it kind of, it moved from there. And then eventually I start looking at, you know, oh, the jerking mute, the jerking movement, skinny jeans. Oh man, I was the skinny jean pioneer. <laughs> my parents were 
upset. I made my own skinny jeans. Like I had some jeans that they bought me from the mall. I got me a needle and thread, made them things skinny. Had to pack them in my backpack, went to school, went to the bathroom, changed into my skinny jeans. I'm jerking in the hallways. (laughs) All of that. That was an, that was another big thing that kind of moved me towards fashion and stuff like like skinny jeans and stuff like that. You know, um, I wasn't necessarily into bands or anything, but so, but so just saying. So let me let me let me organize this. So suits, big time. Then I started thrifting. That's when I started getting more into casual stuff, mm-hmm. and. I realized that casual stuff was way more comfortable. Wearing a suit all the time, it's hot in Georgia, you get 100 degrees. I was like, yeah, nah, I think I'm done. And so <laughs> I started wearing casual clothes and I didn't want to look like I shopped at the mall like everybody else. And so, you know, I saw FUBU pieces. I was like, oh man, this is fire. I see, I got my first pair of Jordans at Play-Doh's Closet, $35, Jordan 5s. And let me just, let me let me go back. My first pair of Jordans ever were Jordan 5s. My boy Omar, never forget you, fifth grade, gave me his Jordan 5s. I grew out of them and I gave them to a kid in sixth grade who needed shoes because he had holes in his shoes. I gave him some. So Jordan 5s have a special place in my heart. So yeah, suits, start thrifting, casual clothes. I start realizing, hey, like I can wear this stuff, the, the kind of stuff that my dad used to wear. But I was wearing it with skinny jeans though, not a good mix. But yeah, <laughs> so I started just realizing that, hey, I can wear this stuff now. And my mom's not gonna like it, but I'm older, I can wear what I want. So yeah, that's 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 the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so so shout out to Pops, Pizzo Pops or Pops Pizza, whatever you big Pizzo, whatever you want to whatever you want to say um uh for for influencing the guy that we have here today now. What's your Instagram? Uh is your is your Instagram public? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so your Instagram's public. So what's your Instagram? Yeah. So people can really see what 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 you're talking about here too. We'll put that up on the screen too. Yeah, it's P's underscore O. That's it. P's underscore O. P's underscore O. Uh, so you can see it. Because like I said, when I first tapped in with you, the first thing I noticed was the attire was, and you do have your own, you do have your own style. It's not, it's not even what you see today. A lot, a lot of times now, um, people are trying to be different. You're just different. <laughs> You don't have to, you don't have to try. And that's a good thing. You just, you just have your own thing. You know, I love that picture of you. It's making your head look small. You're up in a big coat. You know what I'm talking wow. about? You're like laying down. You're like, me. like, you're like slouched. Yeah. I'm like, but that's, this is like, that works. Like this picture, this picture is great. Um, You really do your own thing. <laughs> now uh, I'm gonna segue into what you got going on that we talked about a little earlier before before we started recording the podcast now chris promoted uh what's it called um this this clothing brand and right now my my 
I literally been looking at these clothes since Friday because he was promoting this brand. Here we um, go. Love, yes. LDV. Yeah, I see it. LDV. And you see that hoodie that he got? I just bought it. I bought it about an hour ago. Gonna have to plug him in. Gonna have to plug him in. LDV. <laughs> Love determines values. And now I thought this was your brand, right? So I was I was showing some love. And I'm like, okay, they're having a sale right now at the moment. By the time this comes out, the sale's over. It's too late. But <laughs> they're having a sale right now. And I'm like, all right, I'm a, we're about to interview. And sometimes when people sell something and I interview them, I like to have like what they what they're having to offer and you know, talk about it, wear it, put it on the gram, that type of stuff. So I bought that and we get on and I'm like, yo, you know, whoop whoop is, and, and it's not his brand, but let, but uh, we're, this speaks to your character. So he promoted it like it was his own, put it that way. And although that's not your brand, you inform me that you're coming out with some heat. <sighs> I don't know where to start with this. So where did this come from? Cause you have your own fashion, but now you're, you're about to pitch us some drip. What's up? Okay. Okay. So shout out to my boy, Lance, his Instagram is ldv.company. That's his photography business. And, um, his Instagram is Instagram for his clothing brand, where I just display those pieces, love determines values. Lance, that's my guy. That's my guy. That's my boy. He told me, hey, man, I'm coming out with a little clothing line. His main thing is photography, though. But he always wanted to do a clothing man. We actually talked about it years ago. I remember out in service with him and he told me, hey, I want to do this one day. And I told him about mine. Like, I wanted to do one, too. Back then, we weren't as close. But now we are, we're close. Um, during the pandemic, we got really cool. And so he told me, hey, man. I'm doing a brand. I want to use you um, to model the stuff. You got the fashion stuff down pack. Shook hands on it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So I bought all four of the t-shirt colors. Um, he provided me with the hoodies. And during the time that he was dropping this stuff, I was going through a lot of changes. Um as far as my spirituality and my mental attitude and the message just really spoke to me. Love determines values. And so what I love about it is innately, you cannot, you, you can't see anything negative in that message. And you can, you can attribute whatever you've learned or whatever you've been through and for me, like it just meant so much to me. It made me going through what I went through. I was like, man, this is amazing. It's powerful, three words. And it has so much meaning to me. So I, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm gonna be rocking this stuff, bro. I don't think he realized how hard I was gonna go for it. <laughs> um and I rep it, I rep it like it's my own. And, and mostly because I love the message. And so one day, we, you know, after we're done doing a photo shoot, he drops, 
people buying his stuff. We're talking and he's like, hey man, I'm disappointed in you. I'm like, huh? Disappointed in me? What for what, man? What's going on? And he was like, dude, you need to start a clothing brand. I was like, what? He was like, yeah. He was like, dude, this is your lane. Like, and he's like, and he was telling me, he's like, if you need help, I'll help you along the way. You know, like you need to get this started like right now. And that really touched me. I'd always wanted to do one. I had a name, I have a name already from three years ago. I had my brother sketch me out a little brand name. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it, right? And so that's where it gave birth to my brand. I don't, I don't, I can't speak on the name just yet. Uh, I want to keep it all confidential. I don't want it to be a surprise. I want people to see what I can do. And uh, so that was like the birth. That was so. Shout out to Lance. That's my boy. I got, I got to plug him in. Um, yeah, he's he's behind a lot of it. So yeah. Shout out to Lance. I can't wait to get my my LDV hoodie because um. Sound, your sound went out. Your sound went out. Yeah. <laughs> That was strange. I just had a notification that uh, my microphone wasn't working. So let's uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. Shout out to Lance, as I was saying. And uh, like I said, I can't wait to get my, my Love Determined Values hoodie. Um, I'm gonna be rocking that. I'm gonna post it up on the gram. Uh, shout out to you and everything that you do and helping out uh, my man Pizzo today. So when it comes to your clothing brand uh, and everything you can say about it. Uh, what's the what's the goal with your clothes? What's the the intentions behind what you're doing with your fashion brand? Okay, so over time, I've been able to through the transformation that I've had since the start of the pandemic to now, my values have changed. Um, what my attitude, um, my spirituality has all grown. And so with, really with my brand, so I spoke a little bit about this earlier. I, I kind of, I'm weird, man. Like I'm, I'm an outcast, low key. Now I, I'm not one of those. I'm not gonna be one of those brands. Like, oh, be weird. Don't, don't. Like to me, that's kind of. Eh. There's too many brands like that. So, I, I'm kind of in a. I'm not gonna say a unique position. I'm sure there's a lot of people who, kind of come from, the same, almost background as me where. My father's from Haiti, my mother's from St. Vincent, and yet I almost have no connection to either of those cultures. Um, I don't speak the language. I don't get the jokes all the time. Sometimes I do because my, my dad is Haitian, but uh, I classify myself as an American kid. But as far as 
culturally, whether it be American, Haitian, Vincentian, where my mom is from, I'm not fully acclimated to any of them. And part of it is the way that I grew up. Some would say very sheltered. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Culturally, like I slick live, live, live under a rock. Like I don't be know what's going on. <laughs> like I, I, I have studied bits and pieces, but as far as exposure, like actually seeing it, um, whether it be music, listening to it, um, food, I haven't been exposed to a lot of things and I'm 25. And so there's a lot of things that I haven't explored yet. I've never traveled anywhere. I've, I've been to New York. I live in Atlanta. I've been to Florida once when I was a kid. There's a lot of things that I just have not been exposed to. And, but a lot of people see what I do and they, they think that because I do all these things that I'm well aware of the culture. Now, through schooling and stuff like that, I know bits and pieces. I can give you statistics. I can do all that. But as far as being actually exposed to a lot of like just culture in general, I'm not very, not going to say I'm not into it, but I just haven't been exposed to it. And so my brand is going to represent kind of like, I don't identify with my parents' background. I'm more towards American, but I, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm a part of it. You know, I still feel like an outsider. And so now with the transformation that I've went through, I'm willing, now I'm willing to go explore those things. And so I've been able to explore a lot of cultures through fashion. I look into a lot of Japanese stuff like the Dunham, um, how they've taken pieces of American culture and kept true to the way that clothes were created back then. Through, through mediums like clothes, I can peer into other cultures. And so I'm going to utilize that through my brand. Now, first, I'm gonna start with accessories. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm gonna start with accessories, so it won't be anything too crazy. But my goal is to kind of create a space where people who maybe don't identify with the background that everybody would think that they would identify with, they can have a piece of clothing that comes from maybe a culture, maybe that they know of, don't know of, or incorporates pieces of that culture into it. Um, whether it be the original, like the way, like the methods that it was created or um, where the style came from, the time period, that's what I wanna do with my brand. So it's gonna be like a space where, I know several people who kind of can kind of relate you know, like people look at me, they say, they look at my last name. Hey, oh, you're Haitian. Uh, then they start speaking Creole to me. And I'm like, mm, I don't speak, I don't speak it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, they're disappointed. And I'm just like, you know, but I, 
So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going to take it. I haven't consolidated the mission statement just yet, but that's going to be where I'm going to revolve my brand around. Um, and hopefully I can really incorporate the fact that I was born in New York, but really don't know nothing about New York. I live in Atlanta, but really don't know anything about Atlanta. But it's all shaped who I am today. Some people may say I'm different. I don't really feel that way. I just like dress different from people here. I've, in New York, I kind of fit in low key, but I don't know anything about New York. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm like in this weird space, I would say. So uh, sorry for the roundabout explanation, but like I that's, said, I haven't consolidated it just yet. Yeah. That's fine. What goes into starting a clothing brand? Like what type of work goes into that? Okay, so first you have to have the name um, to me. Uh, and so I had already created the name a couple of years ago and I can't wait. Hopefully one day we can do this again and I can explain. Absolutely. Probably in a shorter time span. I'm, I'm a talker when people ask questions. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not really. So um, the name, like love determines values. And to me, it has to have some kind of meaning. I don't, it, it has to refer, like be a reference to something. And so to me, that's, that's where it starts, name. Um, and then I'm really big on having ownership of whatever you create. So I went ahead and put in my trademark application immediately. Um, it costs a little bread. I haven't necessarily gotten it approved yet, but it's in the system. So you, if you type it in, you'll see it. And um, once I get it approved, if anybody messes with my stuff, I could go sue them with the quickness. So covering your back on that. And I, I do have to get my business license as well. I think that's important. I don't want the government to be uh, coming in asking for taxes, especially with the way things are politically with the president going on. There's some stuff going on with that. So you want to cover your bases with that to me. You don't have to do it that way, but that's the way I feel like it should be done. Um, you don't want to rush it. And then to me, after that, it's marketing, marketing. So I have built a rapport with my followers, I feel. I feel like a lot of people trust um, my fashion sense in, 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 a, in a way. People hit me up all the time. Hey, should I put this with this? Hey, does this look good? Do you think I should cop this? Um, to me, that, that's very important. People have to trust what your, what your fashion sense. And so my, my reply is always, do you like it? If you like it, and it's modest, I'm big, I'm big, I'm big on that, uh, then go for it. Um, and so um, marketing, so being able to have um, a following, people that trust what you have going on to me that's and I think I have that I, I have pretty small following to me but I have a lot of support like I get a lot of engagement so that's 
that's huge. And then lastly, whatever you put out, make sure it's quality. That I, I'm, I'm big on quality. That's why I thrift. A lot of times the stuff you find at the thrift, you can find higher quality items for cheap as opposed to going to the mall. They sell you it at a premium price and the materials are not so great because of where we are in this stream of time with big manufacturers. They got to cut down costs. So that's make sure you deliver and then make people with the product that you're giving out make people feel special so i'm putting i'm going to be putting a lot into the presentation um yeah so that's that's what i would say goes into it when it comes to the designing of the pieces how does that work what was your thought process into making these pieces or accessories that you're going to be eventually coming out with so for me you know how let's let's take the yankee symbol right you see it on a hat man it is timeless man it it just it it's so simple and it looks so cool it it's it's inexplicable i can't explain it it's just it's a staple to me like so my biggest thing is things that last a long time and that's that starts from the quality the build of it the materials um my stuff my accessories are they're going to be things that last a long time and and that's going to be the premise for all my pieces as far as the build materials um that's that's my biggest thing i like things that last a long time that's why I like a lot of stuff that i wear is vintage this shirt is from 1989 and it's holding up like amazingly in comparison to the stuff that you might get at the mall you wear that thing for two years that thing is cooked like it's nice. done and then you got to go back and spend money again, right? So that's my that's my biggest thing. That's why that's another reason why I like thrifting so much. The stuff that they used to use back then in production, so much better. It lasts longer. Um, that's my main thing. Like I want it to be stuff that you could, you'll have ten years later and be like, yo, this is still fire. It's still in good condition, you know. So that's that's my biggest thing with accessories and stuff that I'm gonna drop. Um. We're gonna have to tap in when uh, some stuff drops, because I'm gonna ask you. Because I already, I already have an idea of maybe looking at something that you come out with and asking the thought process behind it. Um, but I, I don't, I'm gonna reserve questions like that for if we do this another time. So this is gonna be to be continued. Now, okay. when it comes to your brand, because we gotta, we gotta talk about this one when the drops start popping off. So. Uh, just to conclude things up, what satisfaction do you get out of whether it's the music, the rapping, you lay down some vocals, and the fashion? What is the satisfaction you get out of being creative? For me, 
It's all about inspiration, inspiring others. Um, I can, there are so many people that have inspired me that may not know that they have inspired me. And with, with my brand, with, um, mainly with my, uh, that's me giving back to those people. I, and I'm going to make sure that they get taken care of. Um, but the main thing is when, when you watch something, when you listen to something, when you see something, when you, whether it be somebody walking down the street and they got a fire fit on and you're like, oh, dude, this is amazing. I have to incorporate that. I want to be that for other people in a way that is not too extreme, but just gets them to express themselves. It took me a long time to become confident in myself. I would say that probably a lot of people wouldn't believe me but I didn't become confident until like last year for real like actually confident in what I'm doing and like you know like I'm I'm pretty okay at this like I'm I'm, I'm doing it so for for me to be able to be that for someone else and I get all these messages all the time hey man you inspired me to do this blah, blah, blah. go for it I love it so you know it, I can't wait to see what people come up with after they look at my body of work and to me my stuff is not the it's not the best right now but you'll see you'll see my best when i drop this clothing line you'll see it <laughs> you'll see it so looking forward to it <laughs> yeah that's the goal inspire um from the kid who is rocking the suits to school to the man who's confident and dropping clothes, fall, winter, 2021. So what do they do? Spring, summer, 2022, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever, however it's going to be. And peas we trust. Oh, no. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something. I, I'm, I'm going off the top. Are you good, bro. <laughs> but uh, any, any, any last words, any shout outs, anything like that you want to say? Man, uh, shout out to the people that be in my comments hyping me up. Shout out to Lance for show. That's that's my boy. Um, like I said, for Link Keonu, um, my parents, even though they don't exactly love everything I do, they're gonna they're gonna see, they're gonna see. Uh my congregation, East Jonesboro. Um I would mention some more specific names, but I'm they might not like right. that. So <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to shout out to everybody. Chris, thank you for coming on today. Uh, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. 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 Thank this, you, man. Oh, I, I love it. I love doing this. This is this is fun. So uh, this is the Cool Hand Podcast. We have Pizo in the building for real. Cool hand podcast, something you got to deal with. Easy. And that's it. Fire. Fire.